while your day is winding down. They're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Sometimes I have to work while I'm working. And almost done. <laughs> I'm glad that you're uh, taking this journey with me to send this in email. Okay. Okay, I sent the email. It's been sent. So, welcome back to South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus. Final hour of the show. Chris McCarthy isn't here with me tonight. He'll be back tomorrow. We've got a good guest lined up for you on Friday. You know how fun our Friday night shows are. But we're going to be joined by you tonight at 508-996-0500. In fact, let's go to the phones now. Good evening. Hey, Marcus, you said to call back. That was your mistake. It's fine with me. <laughs> well, listen, I, you know, I hope there's some folks listening, and uh, maybe we can encourage them to call in. I know they're listening, but... Uh, you know, I get a lot of people that come up to me uh, when I'm, like, out and about that, that do say, like, oh, I love to listen. I don't like to call in. I'm, like, too nervous or I don't feel like it, whatever. But, I, you know, I always say, well, you should, you know, call in. Well, you do make it easy. You, you. Uh, in fact, you encouraged me to call back. I did. But, um, so here's here's a uh, here's a notion that I came up with. I was talking to one of my friends earlier who had lost. Um, so a year ago, at the at the end of the last year, uh, which was not the full full year, of the first uh, Biden uh, year in, in in office, right? Twenty twenty one. The end of twenty twenty one. Uh, the stock market was up 20, the S&P 500 was up 24% uh, at the end of the year. So the predictions of uh, a calamity under Joe Biden, you know, were, didn't seem to exist. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was an extraordinary, extraordinary year. And I, people could tell you why that happened. 
But it's down 20% now, which is actually, you're less, you're, you're worse off than you were, you know, at the beginning of the year. Um, so this is what we were talking about. This is what we came up with is that the perfect present would be three quarters Donald Trump practicality and economic wisdom. Practicality and economic wisdom. Wait, wait, let, me, let me just finish and, and you'll, and you, you know, then comment. So, uh, yeah, three quarters Donald, so 75% Donald Trump's um, economic wisdom and practicality and 25% of his uh, megalomania slash narcissism. <laughs> because so anyway so so that's the perfect president would be less trump than we had trump but that's that was the 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 conversation we had and we we both agreed like if trump hadn't been nuts he was the best president for the economy what, what do you I, I just don't know because every economic trend that that trended positively for donald trump trended positively as he was coming into office it's not the fact that he came in and all of a sudden he like made the economy good what's specific i i don't exactly know what specific things he did to make the economy he, better he, he, he what he what, what he I mean, did was because as soon uh, as he, he got sworn he in, in the, i mean I, I swear to god as soon as he got sworn in in january like the first month he was in office all of a sudden the you know whatever the stocks were at an all-time high but they were at an all-time high on, under obama the s and p and the dow and all that they were all doing super great but they were doing super great under obama too they hit record highs under obama so the economic trends every metric basically of economic positive economic trends that well, happened the, under the, under donald the, trump not 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 the gross domestic product uh year over year that did increase under trump the um uh. the inequality uh, the um, um income inequality actually uh, narrowed under trump um there's a lot there's a lot but th i'm mean, <clears throat> i'm not saying that <clears throat> trump is directly responsible for that or inherited that or joe biden is responsible for everything or inherited it but uh but but what Trump did do with with the Republican Congress in his first two years was the what did they call it, the Jobs Act or whatever. What they did do was they repatriated um, U.S. investment, uh, U.S. corporate money that was parked overseas by lowering the corporate uh, uh, tax rate. Yeah, and if you remember, before Trump took office, before that law passed, uh, a lot of American corporations were engaging what they called inversion. Uh, Burger King bought a fast food place up in Canada. Uh, uh, Roy Rogers. I, I can't think of the name of the place. Uh, another fast food place <clears throat> to, to take advantage of Canada's lower corporate tax rate a lot of american corporations had their money parked overseas when they lowered the corporate rate uh, they repatriated over a hundred billion dollars and wages increased more for the lower uh, the, the tier workers lower tier uh, pay wages than they did for the highest and so people said, well, he, anyway, he did do, with the help of the Republican Congress, they did do some things that were positive. Uh, I, I, I think he, his foreign policy, well, I also think his foreign policy was, was, was fairly um, 
uh, uh, what's the word, uh, sound. Go ahead. Well, so, I mean, I think Trump's the only person to leave office with a smaller workforce than when he came in, too, wasn't it? Like, he didn't he lose, like, four million jobs? Under well, under in the his middle belt. Of a pandemic. Oh yeah, sure, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, no, the, no, the yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're we're not gonna we're, so we're gonna blame Joe for the pandemic the same we blame Trump or the the dot com bubble on Bill Clinton. I mean, you know. The, well, the that's it's kind of it's kind of my point. It's it, so it, that's much, that's that's kind of my point, right? Is that. Um, you know, economic, I just economic, like the economy sort of, I, 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 I think presidents are really just standing by the whirring of the machines. I, I just, it's hard to, I mean, of, of course, policy can have an impact on the economy. I'm not stupid and, and think that it doesn't have anything to do with it. But I, I think a lot of that's just governed by finance. I think a lot of the things that Trump or even Biden do are governed by financial interests. So like, it's not the fact that like Trump flips the switch and says like, okay, make economy good. Or Biden switch, flips his switch and says, "Okay, make economy he, bad." He, he waved a magic wand that Obama said he didn't have, and the GDP rose. Yeah, again, uh, almost a whole percentage point. Uh, again, the 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 trends were it was pot. The, the things. Well, were, no, no, but repatriating but by lowering the um, corporate tax rate. And, and allowing American corporations also blew, to, that for, also, to bring their money back that, that they had parked overseas back in, there was an immediate. But that's effect. all going back to them. That's all going back to them. That's a lot of that's you know a lot of that money like the the, the stock market started to do so well because they started uh, doing stock buybacks with all the extra money they had. They they just kept the money themselves. Well, the, the stock market and the GDP are two different things. But I, the, I understand. And, and, but anyway, I mean, I, 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 would you be willing to give Trump credit for anything? I know um, you don't like him. No, I mean, I, I guess he was better on foreign trade than than most presidents were. Uh, trade, really? Yeah, you know, but um, I think him and Bernie Sanders had a lot of similar positions on trade, actually. Yeah, most of, most of his conservative critics say he was um, he was not a free marketer. His terror, yeah, yeah, hurt, hurt hurt the rest of us. That's what I like but about you, him. But you, but you, so you, you did like it. The, uh, I, I was, I would say, if there's a thing that I, I, I kind of, I guess, if I gave him credit for, or I'd say he was better at than than a lot of other presidents, would probably be that, but. I mean, by and large, I, I, again, I think if 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 things were positive under his his administration, uh, he would have been reelected because incumbents usually have a pretty pretty good shot at getting reelected. And uh, I think there was a lot of, you know, it's the same thing with Obama too. All of that, like, oh, the economy's so good and all that stuff, it, it didn't trickle down enough to the working class people. That's why Trump well, won. Obama, that even the rub against Obama was he had the the slowest. Uh, you know, post recession economy, you know, growth. Uh, you know, it, he, he was not getting credit for the economy taking off. He, he uh, whether he deserved the credit for the blame, I don't know. But yeah. it was not. It was a. It was a. It was the slowest. Uh, you know, recovery. Well, hey man, listen. I'm going to shift focus on the conversation on uh, on ballot questions. What, what do you What do you think of question one and question four? Yeah, fair enough, Marcus. <clears throat> One is the craziest thing I've ever heard. Our Constitution, the Massachusetts Constitution, is the oldest Constitution in the world, and yet we can amend it. But and to amend it with the notion that we're going to let somebody else pay more than us, 
because somehow we're uh, insulated and they're, uh, you know, they're more worthy of paying more taxes than us, I think is uh, an an anathema to the notion of a free society. Number four, I haven't figured out. Uh, I'm not sure if it's a good thing or not. Still working on that one out. Okay. Hey, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Okay, bye. Thank you. All right, I'm going to take a break. We'll be right back. Listen to us live anywhere. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, welcome back. I'm Marcus. You, you're not. You're, uh, you're the audience. You're the great audience of WBSM, and I appreciate you being here with me. 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the show, call in. And uh, I did want to get to the one of the things I wanted to talk about were the ballot questions. I'm reminded, I'm reminded by our great audience that all of the marijuana legalization um, efforts in Massachusetts, because we're, of course, ahead of the curve, ahead of Joe Biden, ahead of the federal government on this and legalizing marijuana. A lot of states are. It's not like we're in the cutting edge. Really, Denver and Washington were the first. But, um, God, I remember... I remember when this was a discussion in... When I was a, a, you know, a freshman, like, criminal justice student, I remember that decriminalization uh, was a discussion... I might have been against it back then. I don't know. I was pretty dumb when I was 18. Who wasn't? But um, I know some people think, oh, you're pretty dumb now. But uh, anyway, <laughs> sorry. Uh, I want to talk about the ballot questions, though, because that's like it's a way that we make laws that we shouldn't really. It's, it's a way we make laws that like really shouldn't be. Honestly, Chris is right about this. And, and uh, I mean, you know, and it's it's definitely benefited things that I've wanted to get done, like marijuana legalization, right? But it's one of these things that, like, I think one of the best examples is um, I, the, that debate between Chris Markey and Cameron Cost that was, like, uh, back in August, you know, during the primary. Um, question four, Chris Markey voted against question four. But he's also against the referendum to repeal it because he's like the legislature does all this work you know there's he i mean it took years for the the legislature to build, to, to make that bill right took years of you know you got to do hearings and conference committees and all of that and uh you know testimony studies it takes a lot to get a reform like that through and then people and it's done by elected representatives that you can that you send to the state house, you send them, you, you vote for these people and you send them there. You say, please go write our laws, right? Please go write our laws. This is your job. This is your entire job. This is your entire job is to go up to Boston, study these laws and spend your entire career or your entire next two years, your entire next two years, Studying and writing these laws and passing them. And then we're just like, oh, well, you know, I don't know about that one. I mean, 
So I, I kind of get it. Like, I'm not necessarily a fan of, of direct uh, democracy. You know, representative democracy, I'm a fan of. Direct democracy, I think, is oftentimes a bad thing. But anyway, like some of these things, you, you look at the alcohol licenses and the dental insurance premiums, the majority of the people that are going to vote on that aren't going to understand it. They're not going to understand it. And it really becomes about like who has the most money in this in this in these ballot uh, in these in these ballot questions. But let's take a look at it honestly, because I think the, the the fundraising behind this is interesting. I'm looking at Massachusetts Playbook uh, that reported on this morning. You can sign up for that. You go to Politico.com. It, it's really great. But um, I'm looking up. I'm looking at Massachusetts Playbook, and they're saying. The three committees, so the question one's a fair share amendment, right? That's the constitutional amendment to implement a 4% tax, a 4% tax on income over a million dollars. So any, like every, so the first dollar that you make over a million under the fair share amendment, you're getting 96 cents on the dollar for Massachusetts. I mean, there might be other federal concerns and all that other, other federal concerns, but your first dollar over a million you're making 96 cents on that dollar. It's a 4% tax on income over a dollar. There's three committees supporting the fair share amendment. They've raked in a combined 19 million, including more than 2 million between uh, September 16th and October 1st. They've spent 16 million. The coalition, the opposition, stop the tax hike, has raised nine point nine million and spent six point seven million. You know what's funny about this? Chris and I brought this up um, about the about the coalition. You know the the opposition to the fair share amendment. Uh, there's ten million that was very quickly raised on that. You've got to figure a lot. Most of those people are probably Republicans. Uh, none of that money's really ending up in Jeff Deal's account. And to that point, actually, if you look at the people behind question. So you look look at question four. Now the question question four is question four is the undocumented the driver's license bill, the Work and Family Mobility Act, whether or not you want to repeal it. And I've made my case about it. I think you know the 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 law serves a practical and legitimate purpose of making sure as many people on the road are as possible are are licensed, trained and insured, which of course promotes public safety and is able and and in case of accidents allows people to recoup their losses. And then the other side is, but we'll put their illegals. But on the yes side for the Work and Family Mobility Act. So question four, you vote yes to keep the law, you vote no to repeal it. You vote yes to keep the law. You vote no to repeal it. The yes to work, the the vote yes for work and family mobility committee has raised one point one million dollars, including more than nine hundred thousand in its latest reporting. The opponents on that side have raised just one hundred twenty three thousand dollars. $123,000 to $1.000,000. 1 so there is a 10 to, at, at right now, as it stands, there is a 10 to 1, basically. Basically, a, yeah. Yeah, basically. Yeah. 10 to 1. 
10 to 1 deficit, fundraising deficit for the people who are in opposition. It kind of makes sense, actually, because the repeal effort was led in part by Jeff Deal and he can't raise any money. And I know that Governor Healy is coming out in favor of question one and question four. She's come out in favor of it and endorsed it. So again, I, I wonder if the how much the top of the ticket, because we know that it's going to be, and I've said this a lot, but it's it's really important. The top of the ticket is going to carry down ballot races. It's going to add to those margins. Whatever the margins are, more Healy's going to add to them by beating Jeff Deal badly. That's what happens. If you've got somebody at the top of the ticket, that's good. It helps you. If you've got somebody that's bad, it doesn't. Because those are the races people pay attention to the most. And there's ballot fatigue and all those other considerations. But more Healy's going to eat into those margins in terms of like, or not eat into those margins. She's going to expand those margins for Democrats because, you know, most Democrats are going to win. I don't think, I don't know if there's any even competitive Republican legislative seats. You know, we always talk about the one competitive statewide seat could be Anthony Amore and Diana DeZoglio. I still haven't seen polling on that. Uh, that could be my fault. I still haven't seen polling on that. It's reported that Amore's polling strongly. I think by Boston Globe, polling strongly, but that's just polling strongly. I don't know. I don't know how much... I don't know how much. Uh, um, I, I I don't know how much um, th that is. I I don't know what kind of polls he's taken and all that. I'm not sure, but you know Healy's endorsement of one and four. I think that's going to matter. Um, again, I think she's going to carry a lot of that, and I think the fact that with Healy's endorsement, with the fund, the significant. Fundraising advantages. I'm not surprised with question four necessarily. I'm like, I'm not surprised there's 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 some moneyed interest behind that because I think that benefits. Honestly, you know, you got to think insurance companies have got, have got to be in favor of question four, right? Because every state that has there's data on this. Every state there's 16 other states or 16 other states plus Puerto Rico and DC. So 18, you know, states or provinces in the United States have legalized this. And in, you can see in a lot of states that the rate of insured has spiked with the passage of this law. So you've got to think insurance companies are putting the money behind behind question four, right? It makes sense that they want this to pass because you get more people insured on the road. And it's, I think that's an important thing. I think that's a legitimate... You know, I know a lot of people aren't fans of insurance companies, but I think that's a legitimate, um, I think that's a real thing. I think it's good. But to to go through all that effort, you know, to get the 60,000 signatures and all that, and to only have 123,000 raised, and there was reporting of, of of you know there's all, all the money people come to Massachusetts to fundraise Democrats and Republicans right so if you're a Republican in a statewide office and you can't raise money it's only be, it's not because you live in liberal Massachusetts it's because you're not a good candidate because Ron DeSantis came up here a few months ago and cleaned up on Nantucket Mike Pence has done fundraisers in Nantucket when he was vice president 
Kamala Harris has done fundraisers on Martha's Vineyard. Obama's done fundraisers on Martha's Vineyard. Trump's done fundraisers in Massachusetts. The squad came up and did a fundraiser in Cambridge for their their victory fund to get candidates, you know, to get candidates, uh, congressional candidates elected. So people come to Massachusetts all of the time. People come to this market. It's one of the most expensive media. Chris always says it. It's one of the most expensive media markets in the country. People come here to raise money. There's a lot of donors here. There's a lot of wealth and a lot of donors here in New England and here in Massachusetts. Democrats and Republicans. So it surprises me that after all of this effort that the Republicans went through to get this done, to get this uh, repeal the driver's license bill on the ballot, that they don't have any interest in seeing it through. It's very much like the, it, it very much mirrors the deal campaign, right? It's like it's kind of like this haphazard effort after the like you can't raise any money. You're getting outspent 10 to 1. How can you hope to win? That's a lot of money that, that that's TV ads that they're going to run, right? That's TV ads are going to run. That's direct mail. And that's not I mean, they're going to they're going to raise more unless there's a fundraising surge in the last month for question four. How are they going to overcome a 10 to 1 margin? I think it's a good thing. I hope they don't. I'm glad to see that the effort to follow through with, you know, this ballot question and see that it's passed in the way that uh, it's voted on the way that you want to vote on. I'm glad to see that it was as ill-conceived as the idea to try to repeal it. It shows you where the series, I mean, the money's going and there's, there was there was somebody who said they were going to bankroll the signature effort. There was a Republican billionaire in the state that said they were going to bankroll the signature effort. It's incredible. And uh, the question one, I mean, it's kind of, you know, there's a lot of, you know, they're looking at, I think, $2 billion in revenue for the 4% tax on millionaires. They, there's a lot of, you know, Massachusetts is one of the more wealthy states in the country. They have, there's people here with money. There's people here with a lot of money and could put money into this race if they wanted to. And it would benefit them long term to put money into the race if they thought they were going to lose 4% of their income over a million. If they put in a few million now to prevent losing a few million, few million uh, a lot more million in perpetuity once this is enshrined in the Constitution, it feels like a no-brainer. Feels like a no-brainer. But now you have a year where the Democrats are going to clean house in Massachusetts, because it is Massachusetts, Democrats clean house. And the again, the top of the ticket is so heavily weighted for Democrats that it's going to affect the down-ballot races. That's why I'd asked Sheriff Hodgson that uh, yesterday. Are you worried that Healy's going to carry... Are you worried that Healy's going to help carry Haru? Right? Aside from his own campaign efforts, having her support is a big deal. And of course, I mean, of course he's going to try. I was just interested to hear his answer. Of course he shrugged it off. I mean, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Say, like, oh, no, I'm super worried about it. <laughs> Imagine if he's just like, oh, man, I, I'm so worried. <laughs> I know. You're right, Marcus. You got me, right? I was just, just interested in his answer on it. And he said he's confident that they'll split a ticket down ballot. And maybe that's true. I mean, they've done it before for, for the sheriff. 
right? And then other races, they've done it before. Massachusetts voters have no problem splitting tickets. They've shown that before. But when it's this heavy for a Democrat, when it's this heavy, and it's not just Maura Healy, right, and Kim Driscoll over Deal and Allen, right? You, 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 got, you got Bill Galvin over Rayla Campbell, right? I mean... You got Andrea Campbell over Jay McMahon. Now, Anthony Amore is a strong contender, but one of his disadvantages is there's too much problems at the top of the ticket. You've got three unserious candidates at the top of the ticket. And then you've got the down-ballot races. you got the down-ballot uh, down uh, ballot questions those candidates are going to align themselves with. More Healy's aligning herself with question one and four. So are the Democrats down the ballot that are going to win. It's not just More Healy that's going to win by a 30-point margin. Andrea Campbell's going to win by a double-digit margin, too. Bill Galvin's going to win by a double-digit margin, too. Right? They're going to carry those, they're going to, they're going to carry those votes with them. It might be an ugly year for the Republicans. Not just for candidates. Not just for candidates up and down the ticket, but for the ballot questions that they want to pass. Question four, that they work so hard to get on the ballot, now they can't even raise the money to see it through. Really incredible. I, I, it's, it's, it's amazing to me, and I, I live in Massachusetts, you know, I live in Massachusetts, so I don't know what state Democratic parties are like in a, in a place like Alabama. But I think even in Alabama, they have congressional Democrats, right? But is there a state party more inept and disorganized right now than the mass GOP? I don't think so. I mean, you've got legitimate candidates like Anthony Amore, who's a gentleman and a nice person and a qualified candidate for office. They could actually have, a statewide office. Now, Diana DeZoglu is a force. She's, she's, a, she's a great candidate as well. And she's, you know, she did really well in the primary. But Anthony Amore, if he could have a shot, is, trying to get, is, is getting sabotaged by the mass GOP. It's getting sabotaged by the mass GOP. They're running that guy from Sandwich as a write-in ticket just to sabotage Amore because he's Friends with Charlie Baker because Charlie Baker's endorsing him. The most popular, consistently most popular governor in the country is endorsing this guy. So they're going to sabotage him. If I was a conservative and I wanted these things to pass, I don't know. Again, it's beneficial to me. But if I were a conservative and I wanted, let's say, question four to go my way, if I wanted people to vote no on question four, I wanted people to vote no on question one. I wanted to keep the governor, the corner office, right? I want to keep the corner office on Beacon Hill because Charlie Baker had it for eight years and probably would have had and would have, if he decided to run, would have had it again, right? I want a legitimate shot at a statewide office. There has been statewide elected Republicans before. You know, Chris always brings up Joe Malone, like Anthony Amore, right? I'd be upset that the Nash, that, that the statewide party is this disorganized inept, childish, and get no one to blame but yourselves. 508-996-0500. I'm going to take a break. 
1420 WBS. Tonight, 508-996-0500. Good evening. Hello. Hey. Hey. So, um, I, I was uh, listening to um, the, um, I guess, the interview that you guys had with uh, the sheriff there, the president, the sitting sheriff. Yeah. Um, and and, and one thing that troubled me about what he said um, when... I don't know if it was you or someone asked him uh, about the suicide rate mm-hmm. uh, being high in um, Bristol County. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, high higher than any 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 um, county in in the state. Is that true? Yeah. So um, there was a report done by the New England Center for Investigative Reporting, which is a, a partner of WGBH up in Boston, and they found that. Uh, a quarter of all suicides, they, that report was released in 2018, a quarter of all suicides between 2006 and 2018 uh, in county jails, a quarter of all uh, county jail suicides had occurred under uh, the Bristol, in Bristol County, under, under the Bristol County Sheriff's Office at, at their facilities. And there was another audit by the state auditor uh, uh, did an audit of the of the of the. Uh, of the prison and found that there was an increase in suicides at Bristol County jails and a decrease in suicides at the um, uh, at most county jails across the country at the time. Well, I don't understand how he was able to that you allowed and, and uh, uh, what's his name Chris McCarthy allowed him to blow that off um, and say that oh well um, you know you know New Bedford is. Uh, you know, bad place, basically, you know, because, uh, hey, you know, you know, we're, we're, it's tough over here and we have, uh, you know, all, all, you know, all these problems with, uh, you know, criminals and stuff like that. I mean, it doesn't make any sense because um, so. Worcester- well, I think the point he was trying to make is that um, he's doing everything that, that is required of his office. Oh, which- yeah. Well, and everybody does everybody's required. Yeah. I mean, you know, you do everything that's required by your employer. Me too, probably. But uh, you know, what I'm saying is, is like, you know, Suffolk County, Worcester County. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I did ask him. Like, are you suggesting that people in in Bristol County are at a higher suicide rate than others? Um, and then he said no, but then basically said yes. <laughs> you know, he said no, oh, but then well, he, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I mean, he he's just basically he's just basically doing this and. and 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 your and your co-host there is like you know snicker in the background, uh, you know it, it doesn't make any sense, you know. And, and I'm not part of any political. Um, I, don't, I don't call these radio stations, you know, much at all. I mean, I do listen to radio stations a lot, but uh, I, don't, I don't, you know, you know, it doesn't make any sense that you know that that Bristol County all of a sudden is, uh, you know, has a, a bunch of derelicts that are that are more likely to you know hang themselves in in a. Uh, uh, you know, in a uh, broken down uh, jail, like uh, what's the place there? Ash Street. Ash Street. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know. You know. Then you know anywhere else in in, in the state, it, it makes no sense. He's just. It's just. He just. He just. He just blowing smoke. It's what's what this guy's doing, right? Yeah. I mean, I, it, that's it. it definitely. Smoke, right. I mean, listen. I, he gave an answer. Did I think that that was that a like a? It wasn't a. Was it a satisfying answer for me? I would say probably not, and that's why I pressed him on it. But like at the end of the day, what am 
I gonna, what are you going to do? He's going to give the answer. He's going to give the answer for like, I, again, I was, I didn't find it to be a satisfactory answer either. Cause he was suggesting that people in the Bristol County were, were of a, for some reason, more likely to commit suicide. And I, I get, I, I get it. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we're, you know, what it was because we're like, uh, there's more Portuguese people out here, and Portuguese people like you know. He made a reference to opioids and all of that, but again, I, you know, I don't, I don't think that's a unique <laughs> problem to Bristol County either. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it, it is really ridiculous. I mean, uh, you know, and you know, uh, you know, I, I don't have a you know a, a lot of uh, brain power for this stuff, but uh, you know, it, it, uh, it you know that that particular you know uh, you know you know argument makes no sense whatsoever. Um, uh, you know, I did listen to one time where he was on your radio station, and he was talking about. I guess somebody called him and asked him about, uh, you know, why he turned in his church um, for um, uh, uh, that he they, 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 he he had uh, uh, um, they had flyers there to help uh, people that were. You know, uh, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. That was uh, that was on my show. Yeah. Yeah. Li- 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 linguistically, you know, impaired people. I, I mean, I, I, I'm not speaking correctly, but you know, people that don't, you know, don't. Yeah, know Spanish translation. And, and, and Spanish so he, translations. He, he sent that to. Uh, 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 he sent uh, it to some, ICE, basically. Yeah. Some guy in Trump, you know, yeah, some, yeah. some Trump uh, guy, and mm-hmm. then he, so he he had he, he had the the uh, um, explanation that oh well a couple of. Um, uh, of, of of guys in the, in you know in in the uh, church saw somebody walking around looking at that and you know they he thought that that was you know it's like it's like it just he just he's constantly coming up with this um yeah I, I don't I can't really explain it you know it's kind of like this uh, uh dodging you know yeah thing. yeah no I agree he's good at that I, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Like this constantly dodging yeah. you know. You know, he, you know, he's a professional liar, and I, I really believe that that's why he likes Donald Trump. Okay, because obviously Donald Trump is a professional liar, and you know, um, you know, I mean, why would anybody support a uh, shyster real estate agent from New York? I don't know <laughs> that. I mean, I'm from South Carolina myself. I don't yeah. really get that. I don't understand why people from South Carolina would do that. But uh, you know, um, I, I don't get it. it it's it's kind of like this. This thing with people that they, it's kind of like the Salazar. I, I know a lot of Portuguese people. I'm married mm-hmm. to a Portuguese uh, woman. Okay. And, and, and it's like this, it's this Salazar uh, phenomena where, you know, it's like, oh, my God, you know, don't buck City Hall yeah. uh, uh, because, you know, they'll come after you, right? So so it's like this, you know, this this whole, like, you know, there's people in this country all of a sudden want a dictator. I don't get it. I don't know why. But it seems to be, like, worldwide, actually. It's like 50% of this population, uh, of, of the world's population, seem to want a dictator. Hey, listen, man, I, I hear you, and I, I, agree, with, I agree with a lot of, you, uh, of what you said, but i got to take this break, so uh, I appreciate the call. Thank you. Hey, listen, if you're on the line, stay on the line. i got to take a break. I'll be right back. Why should you download the... Wait, 996-0500. Good evening. Hey, good evening, Marcus. How you doing? Hey, uh, with the whole uh, suicide at the Ash Street Jail, um, I think the biggest conversation that needs to be had um, is 
the lack of mental health services in that area. And I think that's like a perfect, uh, you know. Oh, sure. You know what I mean? It's a perfect example of that. I mean, do you really think that guy should have been in Ash Street to begin with? He should have been hospitalized, and I don't. Uh, I I, I want to say uh, I don't know if it, uh, it was either on Tim's show or Barry's show where they had an ER nurse, uh, a retired ER nurse, talk about like how ERs are overrun because they yeah. basically send all mental health patients over there because there's really nowhere for them to go. I yeah. mean, the crisis center is understaffed. You know what I mean? And, and it's crazy yeah. uh, the lack of mental health services in this area. So. I, I get the craziness of wanting to weaponize and politicize uh, these issues, so on, especially in right around the election year. But, I mean, I think the bigger conversation that needs to be had is regarding the lack of services. Sure, sure. But while, but while things are the way they are, I mean, the sheriff's offices have to do everything they can to prevent people from killing themselves under their watch. Um, no, I, and, I, and totally I, agree, I totally agree. And if Cape Cod Hospital you know, gave this guy not a clean bill of health, but said he was ready for police custody, then, you know, then I think in this situ in this specific situation, perhaps the sheriff didn't act wrongfully, right? If that's the case, if that's what the sheriff, if what Sheriff Hodgson said is true, there is, I mean, those numbers that, that, that are being brought, it's not necessarily a weaponization. Those numbers, his opponents are citing, and his opponent in this race is citing hard data that shows a trend that's happening in 